Hi, this is Lifting Radio. Thank you for downloading this podcast. You're about to listen to Pastor Femi Manuel of Living Spring Chapel International. And I know that after this message, you're going to be lifted and inspired. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get notifications of new podcasts. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Femi Emmanuel and join our live services at www.livingspringchapel.org slash live. You're all lifted. Proverbs 29 verse 18. It says where there is no vision, the people perish. The converse is also true. Where there are no people, the vision cannot fly. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But where people are not available, the vision will not survive. The vision will also vanish. Yesterday, I spoke to us about the importance of people. Church is about people. Leadership is about leading people. A leader with no people behind him is only taking a walk. He's not leading anybody. The kingdom of God is about people. Jesus came for people. Jesus died for people. Jesus rose again for people. Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for people. And one day, Jesus will soon come back for people. Peter, lovest thou me more than this? He says, yes, I know I do, Lord. Feed my sheep. He's concerned about his sheep. He's concerned about his people. I said yesterday, even at the point of death, Jesus said, if you must take me away, spare these people. Spare these people. Love your people, pastors. Love your people, zonal ministers. Love your people, HODs. Love your people, cell ministers. Love them. Love them. God sent his son to die for people. Cherish people. People are the most, the greatest assets anybody can have in this world. Please don't forget all that we shared here yesterday. Passion for God and passion for our church. Passion for God and passion to drive this church. I want to build on what I started yesterday. This is the leadership conference, don't forget. We are talking of a new dawn. A new dawn. A new dawn for our church. A new dawn for our commission. And a new dawn for individuals. A new dawn for you. A new dawn for me. A new dawn for us as a corporate entity. And a new dawn for every one of us as individuals. Use the grace, the ministrations, the messages that God has given us to drive this church. Use it to drive your own life. Anointing flows from the head. So whatever is happening in this church must be happening in your own family, in your own business, in your own life. So Acts 20 verse 18. He said, take heed unto yourself and to the church that God has put under you. Now, ourself first and the church. So, whatever we are preaching here must be blessing us first. And then the people that we are ministering to, 
There is a prayer I pray regularly. Lord, whatever you are using me to do in the life of people, do it first in my life. Whatever you are using me to do in people's life, do it in my life. I don't want people to say to me, physician, heal yourself. And I have said to you again and again, unless people see it on you, they will not take it from you. You are preaching character, fruit of the spirit, let them see it in you. You are preaching good health, let them see it in you. You are preaching a blissful marriage, a happy marriage, let them see it on you. You are talking about prosperity, let them see it in you. Lord, whatever you are using me to do in people's life, do it in my life first. I don't want to be a laughing stock. I don't want people to say, physician, heal yourself. I don't want them to laugh at me. So he said, take heed unto yourself. Let it happen in you and then to the congregation or the flock on which God has put you over. So this afternoon, I'm sharing what I call building a legacy. Building a legacy. Talking to the stakeholders. Talking to the key leaders. Talking to pastors, assistant pastors. Talking to council members. Talking to elders. Talking to deacons and deaconesses. Talking to HODs, the zona ministers, the cell ministers, laboring to build a legacy. In Living Spring Chapel Commission, we are laboring to build a legacy. Let somebody say legacy. Let somebody say legacy. Our purpose in the ministry, our purpose in the leadership, our purpose under the banner of Living Spring Chapel Commission is not for a morsel of bread. It's not for what we will eat. It's not for what we feed the stomach. He said in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 16. Hebrews 12 16. Neither should anyone be like Esau who for a morsel of bread sold his birthright. We are not here to build a name for ourselves because we want to be heard. We want to be known. No, at the Tower of Babel, Genesis 11, verse 4, the people said to themselves, Come, let us build this Tower of Babel and make a name for ourselves. Now, if that is what you are out to do in leadership capacity, you are out of God's order. We are not in this for what we can eat. We are not in this for building a name for ourselves. We are not in this church, in this commission, for materialism we are not here for material acquisition luke chapter 12 verse 15 the bible says the life of a man and by the same inference, the life of a woman does not consist in the abundance of the things possessed no we are in this to build a legacy and i want all of us to be legacy minded I want everyone listening to me to be legacy-minded. Make it a prayer point. Lord, give me a legacy mind. And same you should do in your own private life. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. It says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind was in Christ Jesus? It was a mind of legacy. Jesus was legacy minded. The next question is what is legacy? 
What is legacy? A legacy means history. It means pillars. We are erecting pillars. Historic pillars. What is legacy? Legacy means from ancestors to predecessors. What is legacy? Legacy means thinking and acting selflessly. We are not selfish. We are thinking beyond ourselves. We are thinking like God. We are thinking of the kingdom. If you listen to me regularly or you read our turning point booklet or listen to me on WhatsApp and on live streaming messages, I said, I sat down one day and I was thinking as I was growing up as a Christian some years ago, Lord, why, why is it that it appears results are secured faster and better in the kingdom of darkness than the kingdom of life? Why is it that it looks like unbelievers, those who followed after other gods, why is it that it looks like their God answers them more quickly than our God? There are more results. Do you know it's so difficult to bring people to church these days? It's so difficult to build a church. It's so difficult to bring people to church because it's like people are tired of church. It's like they have tried and tried everything they ask us to do. We did what well, you can't see result. And when people don't see result, they can't stay. They want result. Elijah said, call on your God and I will call on my God. And let the God that answers by fire be God. The people say, yeah, that's what we want. We want to see result. We want to see result. Except we, they find result in church, they will go somewhere else. There's nothing you can say. They will go somewhere else. Jesus Christ said, these people will not believe except they see a miracle. It did not just start today. So our church must be a happening church. Your life must be a happening life. That is when people can listen to you. Peter said, look at us. We have something you lack. We have something that others that have been giving you little, little coins can't give you. Except they see result on us, nobody will take it from us. Jesus was here to build a legacy. So I said, I was, I was thinking about this. Why is it that I have been in church for a while? Like I keep saying once in a while, I have been here for a while. I have been in church for a while. Oh. I have been in church for a while. 46, 47 years. You can't buy it at ShopRite. And I have been inside church. Inside Pentecostalism. Right from First Quack Gospel Church to New Covenant Church. 13 years in First Quack Gospel Church. 8 years in New Covenant Church. 26 years in Living Spring Chapel. Many years in Food Gospel Business Fellowship International. Have attended conferences, seminars, camp meetings, retreats in and out of Nigeria, Toronto, Canada, everywhere. I have been around for a while. And I can tell you how church moves, how church functions. A lot of people are tired of church. Ori okay, Ori okay. That was new invention in this part of people already get tired of Ori okay because they have gone and gone and gone. Instead of it getting better, it's getting worse. People are tired of church. Can we tell ourselves the truth? And I said, God, why? All these prayers, all these fastings, why? He said, much of your prayers are selfish prayers. Give me, give me prayers. Bless me, bless me prayers. Say, your prayers does not include my program. That's all the things I'm teaching on WhatsApp and the whole world is beginning to see it in a different way. When people can pray for money tonight, 
But ask them to win souls. Ask them to serve God. Ask them to bring money for the kingdom of God to grow. No. Just give me. Give me. Selfish. Bless me. Help me. Save me. Heal me. Defend me. All prayers are ending with me. 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 Everything is bouncing back to us. God said, I have left out. What about me? That's why any soul winner, any tight payer, any sea sower is a thousand times better than 40 days of fasting on the mountain without living the life of Christ. Any better, far, far better. And God said, teach your generation this, that these are selfish prayers. I am not going to answer selfish prayers. Until something leaves you, nothing can come to you. Until you factor, you know this, the story of Anna. Year in, year out. Anna went to Shiloh. Thank God for Shiloh. And that's why another envelope I will be giving you is Shiloh sacrifice. I don't know how many of you have received this in your church. Shiloh encounter sacrifice. How many of you have received this in your assemblies? Wave your hand. You can't talk about Shiloh without sacrifice. He said, this man Elkanah went to Shiloh year by year to make sacrifice. Can't talk about sacrifice. Give me, give me, give me, give me. What are you giving God? God gave his son to redeem you. God gave his best. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Your redemption, your salvation cost God everything. What is your serving God costing you? Your salvation, your redemption cost God everything. What is your serving God costing you? We carry a mentality, poverty mentality. I was saying when Pastor Favor was preaching, I said, it's poverty mentality, poverty mentality. What to wear, what to eat, car to ride, house to live in, my children, my children, my wife. Many people don't see beyond themselves. That's not life. That's not how to live. God did not create you for yourself. Created you a channel of blessing to other people. Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Year in, year out. Anna was saying, give me a chance. The year Anna received the revelation and he changed her prayer mode. Many of us need to change our prayer module. We need to change our prayer language. We need to change our prayer tongue, which, we are, which is a carryover from our traditional setting and the traditional churches around us. We need to change it. Everything's about me, me, victory, victory, war, war, battle, battle. No. The year Anna got revelation, that as she has need, God also has need. And he said to God, if you give me a man child, I will give him back to you. God said, let's sign a deal. The day Anna realized and said to God, if you answer my prayer, the answer you give me will also answer your own prayer. While Anna was looking for a son, God was looking for a prophet. Anna was looking for a son. God was looking for a prophet. The day Anna said, if you give me a son, I will turn him over to you as a prophet. That was the day he got pregnant. The day you get the revelation that you are not the reason God is blessing you. You are not the reason God has lifted you. You are not the reason God has graced you. God bless you to make you a blessing to other people. Once you get that mentality and that orientation, everything about you will change. 
I said to you yesterday, he said, I know that Abraham will teach his children this way. I know him. The day God can testify of you that I know him. Whatever I do for him, he will release it to bless my kingdom. God has one program. The kingdom of this world must become the kingdom of his son. And anyone that cooperates with God, that joins God in that program, you don't need to beg God to bless you. I have never said to God, give me money. Lord, give me a car. God, big a house for me. I have never. He said, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. All other things. It is God's prerogative to add all other things. So all this, okay, give me, give me. What did they come back with? It? They are getting worse. People are tired. People are... Orioke itself is thinning down now. It's thinning down. How many of you remember the revival of Cilicia Church in this country? Those days of Oshofa. Everywhere. Sele, white. Every... But do you see what happened? After Oshofa is gone, he knows died. Because it is whatever is born of God that we overcome. First John chapter 5, verse 4. It is whatever is born of God, based on God. Living spring gas, it is the word we should major on. The word of God we should major on. The word is self-fulfilling. If you do his word, you will rule in your world. It is word. We got it wrong initially. And some of our pastors, we are still not able to rescue them from that. Despite all the many years I've been preaching to them. Change your tongue. Change your mentality. It's not Adura, 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 Adura. No. The word. With Adura to a level, pew. And many of the Adura too are misdirected. They are wrong coinages, they are wrong mentality, they are wrong expectation. Adura that is not based on the world. Adura that does not change your life, cannot change your character. Still lie, tell lies, steal, do things. If you hear what Christians do, men of God, pastors do, especially when money is involved, you will be alarmed. And they can go on fasting though. You, I, where was I preaching this? I said you cannot intimidate God with your prayer and fasting. You can't intimidate him. You can't bend his hand backward when you are not doing his will and you are praying for him to do your will. You've just fooling yourself. So living spring does, we must get ourselves reoriented. This word, we must be a word practitioner. There are legal practitioners. There are medical practitioners. They are looking at me now. There are media practitioners. There must also be word practitioners. We are the word practitioners. We are the word practitioners. We must practice this word. We must hear it. We must digest it. We must apply it. We must release it. And the word works. The word works. And that is where we are. A legacy. What is a legacy? It means we are thinking beyond ourselves. He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. We are thinking beyond ourselves. We are thinking of the kingdom. We are thinking of the next generation. That is what makes us like God. I was saying this was sit here in the Badon Lagos that when the Bible says we are making the likeness and the image of God, it's not that God has two ears like us, one big nose like us, one big head like us. It is that there are certain attributes of God that are also in us. One of it is what we are looking at now. It is this being legacy-minded. One of it is it that make us like God, created in his image. 
this is what differentiates human beings from lower animals. It is what differentiates us from lower animals. We are not living only for ourselves. And we are not living only for now. Or should I put it better? We are not supposed to be living only for ourselves. And we are not supposed to be living only for now. Because what I just said now is what many Christians do. Living only for themselves. And living only for now. Just like he said in the morning. What will I eat? And Jesus Christ said, look at the sparrows. They neither sow nor eat. Yet your heavenly father ensures that they are well fed. Look at the lilies. They don't have a farm. They don't have a... a yet your father makes sure that they are well dressed. Oh, ye men of little faith. We read that in the Bible. We still do it. We still do it. We reduce life to mundane issues. We reduce life to material things. We are not living for ourselves. And we are not living only for now. We are not living for ourselves. We are not living only for now. We are living to leave history behind. We are living. L-I-V-I-N-G. To leave history. L-E-A-V-E. Behind. And that should be our mentality. That should be our understanding of life. That should be our understanding of kingdom service. If not, we are just like mere animals. A goat wakes up from morning till night looking for what to eat. Tomorrow he will repeat the same thing. Next tomorrow, a chicken goes out in the morning looking for what to eat. A dog goes out in the morning looking for what to eat. From morning till night, till life is over. Ah, is that who we are? No. We are in God's class. We are in God's class. Let's think beyond ourselves. Let's think beyond now. If not, we will just be like animals. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 32, part B of it. This is the motto of many people's lives. Christians, this is the motto of many people's lives. If after the manner of men, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it for me? If the dead rise not. Now look at this last statement. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Let us eat and drink. We die tomorrow. I mean, that is how many unbelievers live their life. That is how many Christians also live their life. As if we are just, just, just a thing. Let's eat and die. Let's eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. That's the end of life. But we know it is not. It is legacy-mindedness that makes us different. It is legacy thinking beyond ourselves. Thinking beyond now. Thinking of what to leave behind. Thinking of our predecessors. That's why I keep saying we must begin to think seriously about youth inclusiveness and even the children's department. Those two departments in the church, we should be ready to spend and be spent. We should be ready to invest heavily into human resources and infrastructural resources to prepare a ground for generations that will come. When people want to walk against God and the thinking of God, people like Lenin and the, all the other ones, they leave the older generation and they take the young ones. They take the young ones, they don't take the children. Do you know within 18 years, children will become adults? And, 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 that is, and that is the principle of Islam. 
That's what Islam is doing all over the world. They are taking over Europe. They are taking over everywhere. They just concentrate on the young ones. They know that the adults will soon go. By the time they take control of this, because the young ones today will become adults tomorrow. And whatever has been programmed in them is what the whole thing will be. Some countries today that are Islamic nations were once Christian nations. But once the younger ones are left outside of church, the older generation will soon go. I pity Europe. I pity the Western world. Some people, many of them are pitying us that we are a third world country. We are a developing country. There is nowhere Christianity is as strong as Nigeria. And that's the hope for this country. That's where you go and you see millions gathering. Some of them might not get to know the truth that we are teaching, but it's coming on little by little. Where the younger generation is taken out of God, that country is doomed. Give it some few years. That nation is doomed. Give it some few years. Give it some few years. So we must counter that evil revolution by going after, catching them young for Jesus Christ and setting them up and bathing our value, our God, our doctrine in them so that they can also grow up and bath it in their own generation. If care is not taken, Christianity will go into extinction. The way the world is programmed. If care is not taken, look at America now. Look at what Christianity has become in America. When you hear of TDJs, Careful Dollars, it's just a bet, a particular bet in America. The greater part, totally. God, what was God? God, what are you? Are you suffering? God? Even the churches themselves are preaching nonsense. Most of the things they preach are not, you know, humanism. Now, we must, we must get to know that the reason for our existence is God, not ourselves. People now live for themselves. Let us eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. Reduce life to the to mere, mere, mere mundane animal life. Let's live and die. Let's eat and drink. Tomorrow we die. No, please. Let's have the correct mindset. Legacy mind. Let's have the correct mindset about life. All pastors, all council members of Living Spring Chapel Commission, all zonal ministers, all HODs, all cell ministers, let's have the correct mindset, which is the legacy mindset. And then individuals, and then family by family. I spoke about that yesterday. Family by family. What are you going to leave behind for your children? <laughs> Do you know? Many of us, many of us, many of us think we are still fighting hard to build buildings for children, houses for children. I've said it in this church several times. The best thing to labor to live for your children is not houses. No. It's not houses. The older generation missed it. And one of the reasons you see the level of corruption going on in this country today is what I will leave for my children. What I will leave for my children. I said to my sons, I am not building any house for any of you. I am not building any house for any child at all. The best to give to a child apart from good education is a good moral life, a Christian life, serve them in Jesus, 
And like Proverbs 22 verse 6, train them and put them in the way of the Lord. When they grow up, they will build houses for themselves. Did my father build any house for me? How many of you are listening to me now? Your father did not build any house for you. But by the grace of God, you have a house of your own today. Can I see your hands? Many. My father did not build any house for me. And if he built any house at all then, I won't live in that kind of a house now. <laughs> that is not the kind of house you will want to live in now. Because technology has... Look, do you see the revolution going on in the building industry as other industries? Even the house I live in now, when it is time for my children, when they are my age, they won't live in that kind of a house. Technology will have advanced. Like Favor was telling in the morning, that was a house I started building in 1992, 1993. And when the call came in 1993, I took the men that were with me to start. We were in World Preachers Ministries. And then the church arm was to come in. Before that December 18, for inauguration, I took all of them to Yagoku. Said, see what I am doing. Before this call came, I took them, like he said, apartment by apartment. This is for the children. This is for the music. This is for the governors. This is for key people. This is for general ones. This is for... <laughs> I said to my wife recently, let's sell this house. <laughs> because we are left alone now. Because you alone we are left alone. Hey, where are you? Okay, Abisale, Abari, where are you? Because I designed that house with another mindset. I never knew I would be a pastor. I was just thinking like a politician. I didn't know what entered into me. So one day I will be governor for your state. One day, Lati Busibu, I will be governor for your state. <laughs> one day, now I'm a deputy speaker. And they have already nominated me on a post to go to the National Assembly. One day, I will be, and when I become a governor, I won't live in the government house. I will build a house that equals governor's house. They won't live in my kind of house. Our own time. What the in thing was to build a house with parapet wall. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The roof is hidden. And the maintenance of a parapet wall building. The maintenance. Come and ask me. But these days, the roof is the beauty. They think they just turn the whole thing around. The roof of a building is like a cap or gilly. But in our own time, I mean, real serious castle, you don't see the roof. Everything is changing. Everything is changing. I enter a house, somebody's house, well built. The toilet is safe. The toilet, the tiling, the bidet, the WC, everything. I said, what technology? What are we going to become? What are we going to become? And I said here the other day, and you were all laughing. I said, the way computer is going, the way this IT world is going, I said, a time is coming to change our clothes. We just punch a button. I want to be in jacket, three-piece suit. Be laughing. There are cars now without drivers. Initially, we we're talking about keyless. Now there is driverless. We just program it. We just program and said, 
I want a tie and a shirt and a shoe. Pim, pim, pim. Broom. It will just change it for you. You keep going. The way things are going. So, it's useless building houses for your children. They won't live in that kind of a house. Give them life. Give them education. Give them exposure. Give them Jesus Christ. Give them your doctrine. Give them your church. Give them your value. Those are the things that will live with them. They will build their own houses to their own taste. The best they will do for the houses you are building for them is to sell it when you are gone. Go to Bodija. There are many for sale. The owners are gone. The children are saying, sell this off. Come to our Ikeja. Come to even where we live now. People are buying old houses, demolishing it. <laughs> and I was saying to me, oh, Billy, Billy, somebody labor seriously to build this one. They are pulling it and leveling it because they don't, they, that kind of houses are no longer important anymore. Please, don't kill yourself. Build as, bring up the number of children you can cater for, give them a life, they will run their life themselves. We must drive with a legacy mind. Yesterday I said that to our pastors, especially full-time pastors, all full-time pastors, listen to me, full-time pastors especially, should not make material acquisition their prime purpose in ministry. You had me say that yesterday. Oh, those that are not full-time, right? Perhaps they need to labor hard and make sure they get something for themselves because their main dependence is on their work and their career. But those of us who depend on God fully, don't let your drive be materialism. No. Those things will come later. Come and ask me. Those things will come later. If you will serve your God and do the church with the same zeal, with the same passion that those who work in the secular setting are driving their career, <laughs> the benefits will come. And when it comes, it comes big. Come and ask me. Say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. All other things shall be added. Don't let your prime purpose in life be let me be the husky chair. Don't let about your salary call enough. If I can just have this, can just have this. Let me just get a car. Let me just get a car. If I can just have this, you are, it's a wrong priority. You are getting it wrongly. The, God is a better paymaster. If you serve Him diligently, truthfully, seriously, transparently, committedly, no hidden agenda, no, no, no greed. He will pay you. He will pay you. He will, he will pay you with what money can buy and what money cannot buy. Please. Please. Let me just build a house. Let me just build a house. Where, where is your result? You have no result on ground. Let me just buy a car. Let me just buy. What have you achieved? I have said this to you before. Let me say it again. God's calling on our lives, especially if it is a full-time calling, we take everything away from you initially and return everything to you ultimately. Can I say that again? God's calling. We take everything away from you initially and return everything to you ultimately. It is that ultimate end that people can't wait for. And they compromise. They compromise the bigness of God, the bounty of God with that little muscle of bread. 
like Esau. No, no, no. I know pastors who had left our ministries just because I discouraged them running after building a house on their own. Uh, they don't want us to. They don't want us to be anything. How can, how can somebody say somebody should not build a house? How can somebody say somebody cannot build a house? <laughs> As if the Bible said the life of a man consisted not in the abundance of the things that he has. One of our pastors is no longer with us now. Come here one day, Daddy. Uh, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to. It is not like asking me. This is a proposal, Daddy. What do you say? No. Somebody is sponsoring me. Somebody is sponsoring me to Jerusalem. Ah. You that we put over an assembly is is the holy land. You must go now. I said, it's okay. Now, if it was now, if it was now, he will not return from that Jerusalem back to our church. Uh, we will let his letter be ready before he returns. He went and came back. <laughs> what became of him? He's no longer in the ministry today. What became of him? Look, let's set our priorities right. Let's seek him first. For years, I didn't go to Jerusalem. The Lagos State Government offered me and my wife free ticket to go to Jerusalem. And programs were already on. Programs have been advertised. You know our government system. They will tell you things a week or two weeks to the time. I say, ah, it may be busy, My wife, will you go? That one even does not want to go. I said, you go. You baby not basically billboard the walk up. You go. So my wife went to Jerusalem and bought me anointing oil from there. And bought me shawl for prayers. So I couldn't go. I mean, just telling you, this is government. They will still they will also give you dollars to back it up. But the work of my father was more important to me. And I said, No, ma'am, I'm already hooked, I'm already fixed up. I can't go. They were looking at me. Ah, free ticket on government money to Jerusalem. Dollar to back it up. Fair me. You are, this religion has turned you mad. They say, yes, it's a good madness. What will I say to the program we have announced and all the preparation that I've made? I say, I, am in, I will be very restless there. I say, you go. He went to Jerusalem, went to Holy Land, Today, I don't even know where he is anymore. What am I saying? That's not the priority. A pastor said to me, he's no longer here now, if we buy him a car, he will be able to do follow-up and visitation. He needs a car. We took him, we posted him to a particular assembly. He said he needs a car so I can do follow-up. So you need a car as a condition to be able to do follow-up and visitation. <laughs> I thought it is the impact that will bring your welfare. Now you want welfare to make impact. You have placed the cart before the horse like we said yesterday. What are the keys to legacy building? We are talking about building a legacy. What are the keys? Number one, legacy mindedness. I have explained that one. It must be until it is in our hearts. It cannot be in our life. You must have a mindset of I am not running after material things. I am living more than myself. I am not living for things. I am living for God. I am living for history. I want to leave things behind. I want to impact my generation. 
That must be our mindset. And we need to make it a prayer point. We need to make it a prayer point. Number two is building institutions, not individuals. Living Spring Chapel Commission, if we are going to bid for legacy, then let's build strong institutions, not strong individuals. Strong men do not make strong institutions. But strong institutions will produce strong men. Strong men do not make strong institutions. But strong institutions will produce strong men. That was the message that President Barack Obama, when he was in the White House, sent across to Nigeria and some other African nations. Look at our country now. We have very strong men. Nigeria president is one of the strongest the most powerful president in the world. Your president is one of the most powerful presidents in the world. More powerful than the president of the United States of America. Now, can you see the impeachment inquiry going on in the U.S. now? Can that happen here? Can that happen here? Can anybody who has his head on his body say he want to impeach Buhari? Can you imagine that? Say we want to imagine Buhari. <laughs> They will search that National Assembly on fire before they arrive the second day. In fact, they will lock up their gate. They mustn't enter the place again. EFCC will be there. And, and DSS that will mask. <laughs> you won't see their eyes. Won't be tied up. Won't be tied up. The house of Fulani will eat him raw. Most of the things you see in other nation cannot happen here. Cannot happen here. They begin to process for the president to step down. A prime minister to resign. That is in UK. That is in other, not here. <laughs> you want to ask somebody to resign? His tribe will rise up. His religion will rise up. Those two things will not let Nigeria work. Tribe and religion. M. K. Abiola election faltered badly because when he said he want to reclaim his mandate, expected no declaration. They said it's a Yoruba affair. That's where I died. It's a Yoruba Afia. Did you see protests in any other place? No. Lagos. Fibu Ibadan. That's the end. It won't work here. Which other president stepped down the other time? Some few weeks ago, I was telling my wife, ah, the people were protesting. Which country is that? They sat on the city square until the president resigned. Money because <laughs> that will never happen here. Do you? Somebody will have stolen billions and millions of naira. And uh, you say you want to, they will say it's our, it's, it's our townspeople, it's our tribe, it's our daughter, it's our daughter. So when your daughter steals, it's good. When other people, so we, we, we are such a very different people, a very human being. But I know that God has his own key and plan for us. Strong men, but very weak institutions. How can they be probing Donald Trump? And every day and night, I said, if you come and try this in Nigeria, you will see what will happen to you. But that is possible because they have strong institutions. So it is strong institutions we should build, not strong men, even in the church. Number three, we should build doctrine, teachings, teachings, teachings. The greatest force to change people, to change minds, our words. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. 
Acts chapter 2 verse 42. The Bible says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. What I need there is the apostles' doctrine. Which one is the apostles' doctrines? I thought it was Jesus that came and died. Why is it not that the church, after Jesus left, the Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines. There are two doctrines that every Christian must imbibe if you are going to have peace and survive in any church. There are two basic doctrines. Number one, the doctrines of the life and death of Jesus Christ. His life, his works, and his death as contained in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The life, the birth, the life, the work, the miracles, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. That is number one doctrine, and of course the epistles. Number two is the guideline and the policies of the particular church you belong to. The structure that a particular church, local church, you have joined. Every church has its own doctrine. Every church has her own constitutions. Every church has her own modus operandi, how things are done. You cannot say, no, all I believe is God and the Bible. I don't want to have anything you want to do there. All I believe is God in the Bible. They will throw you out. They will throw you out. Because without order, there will be disorderliness. Without structure, without constitution, no community of human beings can run. When people ask me on WhatsApp, our church, they insist that we must cover our head. They say no woman must wear trousers. They say the earring is forbidden. Pastor, is that right or wrong? I said right and wrong. Both together. Because once you choose to belong to a church, if you are going to have peace there, if you are going to belong there, if you are not going to be an outcast there, if you are not going to be ostracized there, you must abide with their rules and regulations. You chose to join them. It's a voluntary association. And what they do there is what you must do. If you don't like it, you want to be wearing your jeans, you want to be doing your braiding, you want to be wearing your long, your earring that will be touching your shoulder, there are churches where you'll be comfortable with that. Relocate. You can't change a church doctrine. Because they didn't arrive there overnight. It took them a process to arrive there. There are many things that were not said in the Bible, but which the church elders arrived at over time in order to maintain the church community. Acts chapter 15. Go and read it on your own. You will find the first church council. When there was an argument... The Gentiles must first of all be circumcised before they are accepted. You know, after Jesus left and revival broke out, beautiful gate, 3,000 people gave their lives. Few days later, another 5,000. Christianity began to spread. Those that scattered after the persecution of Stephen, 
They began to preach the gospel and the power of God begins to move. The Holy Ghost has come. People are healed. People are delivered. Christianity begins to spread. And the elders, the disciples, contentions broke out. All these Gentiles that are coming in, they must first of all be circumcised to become Abraham's children before they can be accepted into the church. You remember Peter? God has to show him three visions before Peter can agree that a Gentile can be born again. The Bible says it became a great argument. And so they called the first church council. The elders have to meet. You know the story. After argument for and against, Paul recounted what he saw. Peter said what he saw at the house of Cornelius. While I was, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, he wasn't ready to preach the whole gospel. He was just going to obey God because he had seen vision and God said go. And the Holy Ghost overtook him. He said, while I was yet coming, introducing, he was very, very careful. He said, before I know it, the upper room experience came. They, we had the baptizing the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues like we experienced in the upper room. He said, the Holy Ghost just overtook me. And after they have argued and argued, they said, okay, this is the conclusion. Let's write it down. Constitution of That's how the Constitution of started. Let's write it down. Let's say to them, they can do this, they can do that, they don't need to circle but they must abstain from this and abstain from this and abstain from this. Write it down. As long as human community exists, changes will be occurring. And so those who came to the level of uh, let's cover our head, let's cover our leg, something let them into it. And you are not there when they agreed and accepted. Now you join them the way, midway, and you want to change it, they will throw you out of the window. So, two doctrines anybody must accept. The Bible, the basic doctrine of the Bible, Jesus is the Lord. He died to save us. He's coming back the second time. We must live a holy life. There is death. There is life. There is hell. There is heaven. Those are fundamentals. But in every church, they also have their own constitutions, their own rules, their own policies. That's the only way they can keep on that community. We must. So when the Bible says they continue in the apostles' doctrines, they said, the Bible says in Acts chapter 6, I mean, few days after the Pentecost, and this increase, this explosion that I talk about started, the Bible says there was a crisis in the daily allocation of food. Tribalism came in. They took care of these ones. They did not take care of this tribe. Uh, the servers were doing eye service. Uh, and the apostle said, uh, <laughs> we can't continue like this. Every issue you bring it to Peter, you bring it to Jesus. No, no, no. Look for among of you seven men. This is the basic requirement. Like we are going to do ordination here on Sunday. Let us ordain them and put them in charge of this business so that we can give ourselves to the ministrations of the word and prayers. Structure is coming in. Jesus did not ordain deacons and deaconesses. Jesus did not even ordain elders. But how can they run a church? How can... Now we are praying for growth. Thank God for the growth we see, but you know growth is coming. Explosion is coming to living spring. And when explosion comes, it launches us to another level of challenge. With more people come more problems. So, but at every point in time, that's why you have the leadership. 
the leadership must come together, they must pray, and in wisdom put certain structure in place so that the church can continue. That's what is called the church doctrine. And every church has that. Every church has its own constitution. What they do in Anglican is not the same thing they do in Methodist, even though they are close. And what they do there is different from CAC. CAC is different from Redeem. Redeem is different from Winner. Winner is different from Deeper. It is all over. Anybody that we have, will be comfortable in any church, must accept the two doctrines. Say, I hear. So don't come here and criticize what we do. Find out why we do it. Something led us into it. I have seen people in this church who came from some other churches and they want to impose the practice over there here. <laughs> they want to impose. I said, no. That was what, that is what obtained where you are coming from. That's not what obtained here. The fundamentals, we, nobody argues about the fundamentals. But this extra little, little thing that everybody has to put in place in order to go on, somebody said to me, see, why is it that when we close service, we don't, we don't say the, what do you say when they close service? Eh? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us. <laughs> I say, do you lack goodness and mercy on a daily basis? Do you know some churches after saying that, they also have another creed. They have another thing they will say. If that is what suits them, they are not better than us, we are not better than them, that's what suits them, this is what suits us. And look at what we did. Initially we started with women's group, Bezalil, handmaiden. When that was becoming a crisis, we scrape it. So somebody said, ah, but they are doing that there. Why are you not having your own? Well, it suits them here. It's not suiting us here. And those are not basic Bible doctrine. There are things, even though I've read that the Kumid lately these days, and he said, by the grace of God before he dies, there are many things he's going to change. How many of you heard that from him? So many of the things we were doing then, we were doing them sincerely. We were doing them to put order and to make sure that Christians don't go or travail. He said, but I have come to see that those things had even become bondages. And before I die, I am going to uproot them from deeper. And you know there are a lot of people that left deeper. When he changed even his dress code, just his dress code, from the short and the kembe trouser with belt and with Bible under your armpit. When he changed from that and he began to wear Italian suit. Ah, bro has backslidden. They will carry their television. Break it. Devil's vision. Now, devil vision. They have a television station now. <laughs> he said, many of those things, by the grace of God, God preserving my life. And he's changing them. I was invited to the Thanksgiving service of the Lagos State Governor. Sawolu, when he came into office, I was invited by the and they put me on the podium as part of those people that will minister there. And Deeper Life Headquarters, Bagada. How many of you have been there? You've been there? You've been there? Chineke Hobo. Franklin, I have never seen a more architectural masterpiece church anywhere in the world like I see in Bagada. Sit down. Anywhere. 
completely computerized, completely electronic. You will see even the gallery, the, the, the floor, the marble, the chairs. I enter their toilet. I say, Jesus, you remain the Lord forever. Is this deeper life? There used to be benches. <laughs> That's what I said. Certain things changed and certain people came in. Somebody said, innovate, people will come. Innovate, people will come. He said, before I, went to, before I go to meet my Lord, we are going to change all those things we put in people's way. But we did this sincerely. But we now know it's obsolete. And he has now reduced his message from holiness. If we had invited him here now for a new dawn, he will bless the Lord for our new dawn. And we say, new dawn is not possible without holiness. Without holiness, nobody can see any new dawn. Because that is his... <laughs> he will just veer off to his mercy. He's still preaching his holiness. He's still preaching his purity. But all the human things they put, they are just being removed. And the church is growing. They have university. They have secondary school all over the place. What am I saying? What God has led us to do in this church as at now must be celebrated. You must celebrate this church and celebrate our practices. It is in Living Spring Chapel some years ago. Thank God that is no longer there. You will see so-called leader, an assistant pastor, a deacon, speaking derogatively about Living Spring. Publicly outside. Wow! Wow! The church you belong to castigating it? Oh, this is our church. What kind of church? This is our church. Uh, mm, our church. Our church. Your church that you should be celebrating. Because you want, I have seen people that came into church in those days and say, from what they had from those that they met, they say, I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here. I have seen people, women, if not for my husband, I will stop coming to this church. If not for my husband, I will not be in this church again. In your mouth? Which church will you go and you will not find human beings there? Which church will you go and you will not find their doctrine there? And you will not find their structure there? And you will not find their constitution there? A human community cannot exist without laws. Without laws, there will be anarchy. If we each do what we like, we will be breaking each other's head. So there must be guidelines in place to place, whether it is human government or church government. Somebody say, I hear. Therefore, all of us should take this back and begin to celebrate what we have. Living Springers, let's celebrate what we have. There are a lot of pastors coming from tomorrow, a lot of pastor sons, general overseer, coming to see what we do. They take us as role model. They want to see what we do so that they can go and replicate and duplicate it where they are. People celebrate us more than we know. The glory upon this church is more than what we know. Sometimes we don't value what we have. Living Spring is ranked with all the top-ranking churches in this country. We don't celebrate what we have. Let's begin to celebrate what we have. Church, people from other churches are not going to come here to build this church for us. Just like Nigerian situation. Americans, British, German, they are not coming to build this country for us. We are the ones that will build this country. No other denomination is coming to be Living Spring Chapel for us. We are the one that will be Living Spring Chapel. And by the grace of God, it shall be built. Let me hear your amen roar like thunder. I said it shall be built. Finally, 
Let's build structure. Building structure. A church without a structure has no future. And I want all our pastors, the council, the elders, the zonal ministers, and all the leadership in different assemblies, go and strengthen our structure. I just explained to you now. Every church has the way it is run. And institutions, communities, nations are run through structures. Let's go and strengthen our structure. A church without a structure has no future. Let's build the leadership structure. Pastors, labor hard. I told you yesterday that there are regular meetings we hold here and in Goshen Land. Some monthly, some bi-weekly. Do you know pastors in this church meet every month? They show this, meet monthly. The cell summit meets monthly. Every week, the council or the administration must meet to preview. This, this convention we are holding, there have been several meetings upon meetings upon meetings before you arrive. Night and day. Crossing the T's, dotting the I's. When they come, this will happen. This will happen. Do you know, after Sunday, on Monday, we are going to have a meeting to review all that happened and correct all the ills and plan for the next thing that will happen. Anywhere you don't have meeting, nothing will meet up. That's the problem with some of our resident pastors. They are sole administrators. People will leave it for you. I have told you again and again, Dominion City, our national headquarters here, no, no single problem in this church. No single tension in this church. None. None. It used to be in Lagos, but now, no single tension. You know why? We meet every time. People say they are mind out. So before the thing brew to become a problem, it has been discussed. It has been solved. Learn to solve problems before they arise. It's like putting out fire before it becomes an inferno. Learn to solve problems. When we meet on Monday now, everybody talks. Everybody says, okay, what do you see? What do you do here? Uh -huh. What was the complaint? Uh, this thing failed. Why is it? That generator left. That, that, that uh, Monday night. What happened? What happened? They have already come to tell me what happened. Some other people have noted it. They are going to say, what happened? Uh -huh. The man in charge or the woman in charge is going to explain and explain and say, okay, next time, it must not happen this way. What happened? We have people were lodged. What happened to this? What happened to the water? What happened to the people? What happened to security? If you know the meetings that has gone before this meeting can hold and the meetings that will still hold and after this one, we are holding December 31 night and we are taking it back to the stadium. It's going to be a city stadium thing. Already meeting has started. A committee has been put in place. Reporting every day. And once Oshiojai, and once this one is gone, and once this one is over, no rest. It is meeting, meeting. And once December 31 is over, 30 days prayer and fasting has started. It is Unless you do it that way, it doesn't become. No church explode overnight. 
No amount of prayer and fasting, somebody said that here, that can bring the kind of result you want if you don't put pen to paper and hand to work. It can't. It can't. There are some of our pastors that don't resume 8 o'clock in their offices. Full time. Full time. Full time. I said to a pastor, I got to know one of our pastors. He only goes to the church <laughs> on Sunday. Some Sundays too, he will even be late. And Tuesday, what a past service, a few minutes before the service starts. And then there is a Thursday evening meeting. Those are the three, and it is in the evening. So you come to church, the office is locked, the church door is locked. I said, that church is as good as locked up. And I said, call him for me. But, hey, hey. He said, yes, sir, he's stuck here. And they got back to the church. They went to report me to Baba. Anybody that went to report me to Baba here? Anybody? Ah. Is that the solution? A collector. <laughs> a collector. Bye. You don't fit in here. I mean, which banker will not resume? Which director will not resume? When you were doing your secular job, don't you resume? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock is here in Nigeria. Maybe nine o'clock in, in UK, Abi. Nine to six, nine to five. You will not resume. In fact, in some other places, they clock in. You clock in your card to enter. Do you think being a pastor will demand less? Edepo said, you cannot do it half time and have it full pay. It's not possible. If there is nothing to do in your church, prayer is work. He said, we will give ourselves to prayer and the ministration of the word. My friend, Samadhi Yemi said, when their church first started in Oregon, he said, we resume by 8. Every pastor must resume by 8. Yeah. They are the one that will be babysitting, carrying baby to school, carrying this one to school. If you're a permanent secretary, won't you resume? If you're a commissioner of police, won't you resume? If you're a director of a bank, branch manager, won't you resume? If we do it less, less zeal, less passion, with those that are doing, we can't have, it's a spiritual thing. It won't work. It, institution dies more, more, not one day. When you see failure, it's not one day. Little, little thing. Being a pastor does not make us lazy. In fact, we work harder. He said, he said that we are, I will, I will arrive in the morning, Monday to Friday. The church is still small, less than a hundred. He said, but I will start praying. I will start praying. After praying, I will gather some handbills. The whole environment, I will be giving them handbills. It's part of the work. Today, his church is mega. The man has even relocated by to, relocated to America. And from there are pastors, a 30,000 church in Nigeria, and all over the world. Because he, he faced the job squarely. You can't do it. Say, I'm a pastor. Who will challenge me? <laughs> church members. Church members won't talk, but people won't come. And it's finished. And any pastor without people is frustration. And people, because you are not, you are not giving it what it takes. You are not giving it what it takes. Let's go back and strengthen our structure. Living Spring Chapel, our structure is from bottom up. Our structure is bottom up. The cell unit is the smallest and the most important aspect in that, in that structure. Our structure is 
I've told you this many years ago. Our structure is funnelistic, not conical. It's a funnel. A funnel, the higher you project it, the wider it becomes. But for the cone, the more you project it, it closes up. Our church is funnelistic, not conical. The smallest is the cell. Every assembly that is not doing cell, go and establish cell. Your body will not grow, exist, and take in nutrients if it was not cell structured. Go and establish the cell. Don't tell me it cannot work where you are. It must work. And from the cell to the area unit, from the area to the zonal unit, from the zone to the central assembly, and then from assembly to state assembly to regional assembly to continental and to global, that is the structure. Go and drive it seriously. Go and drive it. Then our manpower and training development, we are changing SICOM to something else to make it more functional. The churches we are benchmarking that are working wonder. This is what we see in them. I said yesterday, there is nothing you want to be that somebody else has not already been. And you are smarter and better when you go and benchmark. And all assemblies, you must benchmark the headquarters. It is what I do here, you must do where you are. It is what I preach here, you must preach over there. I see many of our pastors labor to preach something different. Labor to preach something else. Speaking language that I don't know where they got do you know, even since yesterday, I have had some statements from the few people that have preached, and I wonder where did he get that slang from? Where did he get that slang from? That's not from me. Where did he? It means he has contaminated something from somewhere. Where did he get that cliche for? It's not from me. It's not from here. What is not in me should not be in you. My tongue should be your tongue. My passion should be your passion. My message should be your message. And when people come, Something is happening in Abuja now. WhatsApp. People are beginning to come to prayer mountain. And I keep, you see what I keep texting to you. I keep talking to you as if you have no ears. I know you have ears. Sit down. <laughs> and I say, favor, we say, ah, daddy, you said this before you are saying it again. I say, I know what I'm doing. Don't compromise time. 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 Don't compromise time. Close even before the time. Make sure the music is powerful. Make sure. The wo- that is what makes it working for me. Lagos has erupted. That is what is making it work for us. Nobody wants to meet the praise worship. And we pay, we pay, we pay to, to get it done. To make those people come and pick the car. We bring Gomili. We bring. <laughs> I remember Sister Helena. He said one of the reasons he joined Living Spring is the dance, the local dance. When the praise worship is powerful, no serious Christian wants to miss it. They will be rushing. These days, before we open the air, uh, Pastor Peter, before. He says some people used to come, what time? 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> they are coming from far distance. In fact, he says some people will come to come and sleep. So that because you know Lagos, if you don't leave home on time. <laughs> if they are not getting anything from there, they will not come. And whatever you do that brings the glory, you do it more. So I keep telling him, do it this way. Do it this way. You're canceling. Don't be in a hurry. And then don't compromise time. Because they don't have time. Lagos, Abuja, London, New Jersey, New... they don't have time. They don't have time. Those days in the Badon. Prayer Mountain is 12. They will have been there by 8, by 9. By 10, 10, 30, you are outside. 
That's what is happening here now. We fill all the hall. Every day we are buying 200 chairs. Every week. They are still standing. And I told them, when we fill this whole compound, we are going to start two services. We are going to start three services. We are, going to start, we are taking it to five. Because when the vessels are finished, the oil will stay. It's a spiritual thing. And our native people said, it is when it is raining heavily that you collect your water. Because it may not rain forever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We are going to a higher level. We are going to build a legacy. Please, it is whatever you see here. I got to Abuja. I didn't see these things on the altar. I was crossed with you. So where is it? Where is it? I said, when we were renovating, we put it in the store. You put it in the store. We put it in the store. I want, it must be the same thing. He said, let us mind the same thing and think the same thing and speak the same thing. If it's working with me, it should work with you. If it's not working with you, you are not connecting well. QED. If it's working with me, it should work with you. If it's not working with you, you are not connecting well. But by the grace of God, we will all connect well. All leaders, go and work on yourself. I said in the morning, a good machine will not drive itself. A good plan will not work itself. Some people need to work it. Don't introduce anything new unless you let us know. Don't introduce anything. Don't invite any minister we don't know that we don't approve of. That I'm going to Jerusalem. Somebody gave me a ticket to go to Jerusalem. You that we posted to go and pass a church. A church that is not growing and struggling. You are going to Jerusalem. So you go and pray on holy land so that you can grow. Nonsense. This is your holy land. Come and connect the fire here and things will be happening. Rise up and let us pray. Rise up and let us pray. Rise up. I don't know how the message came to you, but pray. Pray. Lord, help me to live for legacy. Both as individual and as a church. Legacy for your family, your dynasty, your generation. Legacy in the church for generation yet coming. Lord, make me a legacy-minded person. Lord, help us in Living Spring Chapel to build legacy. That is thinking beyond ourselves. That is thinking generationally. Help me, Lord, to be a legacy builder. Jesus came to build legacy. That's why his work did not perish. He bequeathed it on people. Legacy is a bequeather. We are bequeathing our values, our doctrines, our structures on incoming generation so that they can take it from us and move it ahead. We want to be the legacy that other people will come and learn from. It's already happening, but it must happen at a larger scale. Lord, make me a legacy builder in my family, to my children, to my generation, in your church. Make me a legacy builder. Give me a legacy mind. Not let us eat and drink. We die tomorrow like a goat, like a lizard. No. We are made in the image of God. God is a legacy God. I told you earlier that it's a generational God from generation to generation. Thank you, Father. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we look up to you as we build our lives, build our families, build our careers, and more importantly, build your kingdom. Make us a legacy builder. Don't let us be a people of let's eat and drink and die tomorrow. Our life is more valuable than that. Our life is for God. God is a legacy God. God is a generational God. Our history must not be forgotten. Our impact must not be forgotten. Give every one of us a legacy mind. Help us to think beyond ourselves. To think beyond eating and dressing and riding car and building a house and all the material things of this world. Give us grace to think beyond this level. In fact, what you said to us is that if we seek you, you will add all the things. We are not to seek those things. We are to seek you. You will add the things. As we seek you with all our heart, Lord, add things to us. Everything that makes for life and living, add it to your children. Will it not all the glory to you? This meeting will start formally for the entire city, all our members this evening. Let it start with a bank. Let it this year leave an indelible mark upon our lives. Let's go back home to see new results, new expansion in our own personal lives, in our family lives, in our health life, in our financial lives, and in our church lives. Living Spring Chapel Commission, you will grow from strength to strength. Living Spring Chapel Commission, you will not be redundant. All assemblies, the key that opens your environment, receive it in Jesus' name. God will give us the wisdom, the passion, and the grace to do it right. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. We Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and ensure you subscribe to get more podcasts to keep you on the success track. While others say there is a casting down, for you that you'll be a lifting up. I love you.